In the ring at this time, the challengers to my left from the Soviet Union, weighing 313 pounds, Nikolai Volkov. To my right, his partner from Tehran, Iran, weighing 258 pounds, the Iron Sheik. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Volkov requests that you all rise and respect his singing of the Soviet National Anthem. Nerdist New Bully. I'm your host, Leroy. We're my co-host. This is Eli. Yep, and we're back with another episode, and it is a down week. Nothing major happened this week, I guess, because we just got through Comic-Con, so it feels like everything has pretty much just gone back to normal. So. Yeah, man. I like, I like read a book. Not a comic book, a real book. A real book with no pictures? That's right. Just all nothing but words. Wow. <laughs> Did you read it out loud and sound it out with your fingers? <laughs> yeah, I say, yeah. I was sitting there moving my, my, moving my lips the whole time. Point my <laughs> you know, like the bad kid in class. Oh, he's always the toughest kid in class until it's time for the teacher asking to read. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not Floyd May- Mayweather. Bad, but <laughs> I can read. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like I said, we got a new episode and other stuff happened. Uh, we're going to start off the episode. Like I said, we had another rough week in, you know, in celebrity deaths. And the thing we're going to start off with is actually a lot of wrestlers have died today. It's actually three wrestlers have died. Uh, we're going to start Same off with. Day. The same day, which was kind of weird. So, like I said, we're going to start off with all of them. We're going to start off with uh, rest in peace to Nikolai Volkov. Uh, rest in peace also to uh, Brian Lawler, a.k.a. Grandmaster Sexay. Am I saying it right? Sexay, yeah. Okay. Jerry, Jerry the King Lawler's son. Jerry the King Lawler's son, yeah. Everybody knows Jerry Lawler King, uh, Memphis great, Memphis legend. And the third one, Eli, I'm going to let you uh, handle that one. Brickhouse Brown? Was that his name? Brickhouse Brown. I just uh, looked it up and then I was- I yeah, I'm, I've never heard him. I'm, I'm not a really big wrestling aficionado. Uh, yeah. Rickhouse Brown, yeah. He was, if you know him, yeah. Yes, he was. He was like Wicked Underground, underground yeah. wrestler, the Juggalo. He wrestled for the Juggalo League. So, if, if yeah, if, I'm not if, sure what that is. Basically, yeah, underground. He was with WWF at one point, but he's been mostly wrestling with the uh, underground circuits. So. Notice we said WWF, not WWE. Yeah, there so that's how a, old he is. You're right. There is <laughs> a difference, school. you know. I'm you know. a fan of the WWF, you know, yeah. before they changed the name because they had a copyright with the Wild uh, Life Federation. Federation or, or foundation or something. Something, yeah. Something yeah. to do with pandas. That's all I know. You know? Yeah. 
So and Nikolai Volkov, yeah, I remember him as a little kid. Now every, we all remember Nikolai Volkov because that's when wrestling was so popular. It was part of pop culture, you know. Yeah, there were three channels on TV back in the eighties when Washington, and then Saturday night or Friday night or whenever it was, they would show wrestling with Hulk Hogan and you know Roddy, uh, Roddy Piper and, and Nikolai Volkov and all these guys like that. And so he became house owner. I think I had one of his toys. I think he had cartoons, you know. Yeah. Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling or something. Yes, yeah, like that. You know, where he had his good guy team and they had the bad guy team and stuff like that. Now let's let's talk about Nikolai Volkov for a second because the thing is, Nikolai Volkov was actually, when you really think about it, he was one of the more interesting wrestlers that was back then. Now you know, like I know, that every wrestler has to have a gimmick, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of times those gimmicks sometimes do play off, you know, racial stereotypes or national stereotypes or things like that. And the thing was, Nikolai Volkov is that he played, you know, the Soviet Union bad guy, you know. Yeah. He came up singing the Soviet Union. Uh, Tag team partner with the Iron the Sheik. The Iron Sheik. So you had, yeah. <laughs> you had the Soviet Union and Iran teamed up together. And, okay, so you see them going against the real American Hulk Hogan. And you just, you know, you yeah. hated them because they wanted you to hate them. But the thing about Nikolai Volkov is that even though he represented the Soviet Union in the WWE or WF, whatever you want to call it, he wasn't actually Russian. Yeah. He was he was uh, Eastern European though he did come from Eastern European and his co- and he grew up actually hating the Soviet Union he hated communism mm-hmm. he thought they was much of a bad guy as we thought they was a bad guy so when he came to WWE or WWF whatever you want to call it he decided to play Nikolai Volkov the Russian bad guy to help paint the Soviet Union as you know as the bad guy. So he we were knew, in the Cold War back then. During the yeah, Cold back War. In the 80s. Exactly. So he knew what he was doing. He signed on for it. The whole thing was probably his idea to begin with. So, yes, Nikolai Volkov was actually walking political propaganda. And he'd sing he'd sing the, the Russian national anthem whenever he entered the ring. And, and everybody would boo, but he didn't yeah. care. He was just singing anyway. <laughs> yeah. Now, the interesting thing what happened is that when the wall fell down. You know, the wall fell down. Soviet Union was no longer the Soviet Union. And then, you know, communism was dead there. But he had to still carry on as the character. So what he did, he decided to he still sang the, you know, the Russian anthem or whatever like that. But yeah, I think he actually like teamed up with the good guys. Then he teamed up with like Hacksaw Jim Duggan and some other guys like that. And, you know, he actually tried to they tried to paint him as a good guy after that for a while. You know, so he had to change his whole thing because Soviets were no longer the bad guys. Even John Cena used to be a bad guy. <laughs> at one time, Rock was a bad guy at one time. Yeah, they, everyone was a bad guy. Everyone plays the heel at some point. Yeah, the funny thing yeah. about, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin, he was supposed to be a bad guy. He was supposed yeah. to be, who was that? Uh, Hitman Hart, Brett the Hitman Hart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying it right? Okay, so he was supposed to be the bad guy, and Brett the Hitman Hart was supposed to be the good guy, and he was supposed to wrestle, and, you know, Stone Cold, you know how he's saying all this foul shit and drinking beer, stuff like that? They were trying to make a bad guy, but the thing is, the crowd thought it was awesome. He was so, funny. He was funny. So the thing is, when they fought, instead of rooting for Bret Hart and Hart like they intended, the crowd started rooting for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. And that's when, you know, everything changed, you know. But, yeah, but rest in peace to Nikolai Volkov, like I said. I mean, like I said, depending on your your climate, you know, your friends and your enemies change. I haven't watched WWE, uh, WWE lately. I'm going to be surprised if there's another Russian bad guy running around there. Mm-hmm. You know, if they were smart, they would write that storyline in there. So, uh, like I said, the other two guys, I don't know, Grandmaster Sex A, I kind of remember him. You said he was with Scotty Too Hottie. Yeah, the two cool tag team. I mean, I don't, yeah, I I, like, I'm, I haven't been a consistent wrestling fan. I dip in over the years and watch for a while. And, to be honest, that was on the uh, tail end when I was kind of getting yeah, out. Yeah, I was, 
I was into ECW for a while, and like the Dudley Boys were, Them were damn part Dudleys. of Dudleys. I used to love that. But actually, yeah. in the ECW, it was like a shitload of Dudleys. Yeah, yeah. But when they made it to the WWE, it was only like three of them. But it was like like Dudleys yeah. used to pop out of nowhere just all the time. So I was like, yeah, I mean, I love, yeah, I was a big fan of those guys, Devon and Bubba and. But wasn't you know, there a big the dick tables, all that shit? Yeah, so good off the table. That's what I was read. Uh, I was watching that shit, but uh, that shit was. Oh, you couldn't even find it on TV. You had to find like a tape of that shit, like a videotape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that yeah, that was awesome. Uh, other than that, yeah, like we can get, actually get into the podcast and talk about the monthly box office. We skipped it last week because we didn't give a shit. But now we can talk about it now. Yeah, yeah. So let me pull these numbers up and let's get to work. Okay, so. Eli, give it to me. What is the number one movie this week? You know what? I don't even know. What came out? Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll just give it to you. Oh, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah. yeah, you're killing right. me, Eli. You're killing me. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I went to the movies, but I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> and they, 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 I guess they asked you, are you coming to see Mission Impossible, sir? You're like, no. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we got Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, number two, we have Mama Mia. Here we go again. I kind of want to see. Oh, do you? I, I'm I, Italian and I, and I don't. Yeah, I mean, I saw the first one. It okay, came on TV once out. I'm like, you know. Oh, was... See, I, I'm not into musicals. I cannot stand musicals. I'm not a musical fan, but if a good musical comes on, I will like it, you know. And okay, I saw Mamma Mia. That's, and that's I, why I, I couldn't stand like Disney cartoons as a little kid because every time they break out in a song, I just like, fuck this. Yeah. Because some of those songs are hit and miss. Like some of those Disney songs, like the old ones are kind of. Now, Lion King, on the other hand, I love those songs. Now, you know, Phil Collins. That wasn't Phil Collins. Filthy John. Whoever the fuck that was. That shit was awesome. <laughs> so, Mama Mia, I'm not saying that the songs are great and I'm going around singing Mama Mia or buying the soundtrack and anything like that. I just saw the movie on TV and I was just like, eh, that was actually pretty entertaining. So, but I didn't know how they were going to make a sequel out of that. So, I'm kind of serious to see where would the second part of that story would go. You know, I don't know. All right. Okay. Well, I will Check do it. A, we'll review yeah. it. I review will do it. A, if you want to hear a Mama Mia review, <laughs> then give us a comment or something like that, <laughs> and Eli will review it. <laughs> uh, number three, we have the Equalizer Two. Like I said, I've never seen Equalizer oh. One. Oh, really? It's cool. I would like to see the Equalizer Two. You like to, I, okay. I, so, I almost so, saw that. I almost saw that this weekend. But hmm. okay. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this: Is Equalizer based on a TV show? It is. Okay, so we have two TV show adaptations in the top five. That's right. I totally forgot about Mission Impossible. As a TV yeah, show. so like, like fuck comic book movies, TV adaptations are taking over. <laughs> We're going to have a TV show adaptation fatigue. You know, tired of goddamn Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> uh, they did that? make a movie out of that at one point, didn't they? I like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't because I like the original Beverly Hillbillies. I don't. It was something to it, you know. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, before I get to that, you know, remember when they tried to remake the Beverly Hillbillies TV show? They tried to make it a reality show, but then like a focus group came, uh, put the show under attack, and they said it was shaming hillbillies or rednecks or something. I did not know that. Yeah, so they killed the show because of that. You know, wasn't uh, that what like Duck Dynasty is or some shit like that? I guess something like that. But you know, uh, number four, we have Hotel Transylvania three. Some of the case they made three of these fuckers. Wow, I don't even know what the fuck that is. Uh, and his, I, see, I think I think those are Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I've never seen any of them. So I told me they were Adam Sandler movies. And number five is a shocker. Um, 
Teen Titans go to the movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Shit. Yeah, but it debuted at number five. Oh, wow. And it couldn't even beat an Adam Sandler cartoon. Uh, so it's 2D animation too, man. 2D, I mean, but I guess 2D animation really isn't a selling point in 2018. You know, you got to go 3D. You got to give us. I'm surprised it's that high. I had, uh, yeah. That's actually really not that good. I mean, we're looking at the last week of July. It's his first week, and it debuted at number five after an Adam Sandler cartoon. Well, then Mission Impossible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I understand it wasn't going to beat Mission Impossible, but it couldn't beat Mamma Mia. Well, I mean. It's comic, only only hardcore comic book fans are going to see that shit. Right, but hardcore comic fans hate this shit. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing. I don't understand why hardcore comic book fans are so, you know, so out for blood for Teen Titans Go. You know, it's it's a kid shit, man. It's, it's made for five-year-olds. Yeah. Like, um, everything don't have to be made for 30 and 40-year-olds. have to be made by Christopher Nolan or Zack Snyder, whoever the fuck is making this shit. This shit is designed for five-year-olds. They're, Robin is not saying fuck Batman in this shit. It's, yeah, if your hardcore kids like comic book, yeah, hardcore comic book fans will bring their kids to see that. <laughs> probably means, won't. They probably yeah. they probably out boycotting this shit or something like that. It's <laughs> like, why are you boycotting this shit? Just take your kids and have. If they enjoy the shit, that's all the fuck that matters. You're, you're thirty five plus years old. You're forty years old, fifty years old, whatever the fuck you are. Your opinion on Teen Titans Go does not matter. Just like your opinion on the new Shira remake does not matter. That shit is made for little girls under 10. I understand you wish you could get the old She-Ra back. It's, they're not making this shit for you. They just, they just need something to bitch about while they're on the toilet looking at their phone. Like, like why are you getting so <laughs> passionate about this shit? That's the shit I don't understand. <laughs> I, that shit is beyond me. Like, I don't know. It's uh, Number yeah. six. Number six, we have Ant-Man and the Wasp. They're hanging in there. That's cool. I'm going to look at those numbers in a second. I'm going to see where Ant-Man and the Wasp is. It, actually pretty low at first, but it hadn't been released in China yet. Uh, number seven, we have The Incredibles 2, uh, and I'm pretty sure it's over a billion. I'll take a look in a second. Number eight, just Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, number nine, Skyscraper, and ten, The First Purge, your movie. Oh, yeah. 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 I checked it out. I yeah. Saw. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you a chance, Eli, to you know, express your feelings about that because, like I said, I've never seen a Purge movie, but I'm just going to look at some numbers real quick. Uh, like I said, we got some comic movies on here. I'm going to look at Ant-Man and the Wasp real quick to see where it's sitting at right now. Oh, shit. Uh, currently it is at three hundred ninety-five million. That ain't right, is it? Worldwide. Worldwide, yeah. Yeah, but how much it cost to make? Like eighty million. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Hold on, I'm looking at these numbers. It has not been released in China yet. Okay. Okay. So here's the thing: people keep saying how is it going to do overseas. It doesn't matter how to do overseas. Only thing that matters is how does it do in China. That's all that matters. So if it does the same numbers in China it's doing here, it'll. It'll make a decent money. It'll probably be like around like seven hundred million or something like that. You know, decent. You know, it's not a barn burner for a Marvel movie, but you know, whatever. Yeah, but I'm sure it didn't cost that much to make. They only probably would they would they spend like maybe a hundred on it. You know. Yeah, they probably spent a hundred on it. They probably didn't spend too much on it. Uh, Incredibles two is not a comic movie, but I'm just interested where these numbers are. The worldwide numbers on Incredible Two is right now is nine hundred ninety nine, two hundred fifty nine thousand yeah, so and seven hundred thirty. Yeah, it's probably gonna. <laughs> it's just funny that it's just hanging right there and it's it uh yeah. where's infinity war infinity war was number 21 at the box office this week uh oh, already gonna come out on digital like tomorrow yeah well for you guys listening it'll be today but yeah basically yeah. Well, tonight at midnight <laughs> tonight at midnight uh yeah i gotta wait till i get paid 
internet ever since i decided to up my internet and decided to go 60 frames per second on streaming that sh- i'm paying for this shit in the long run so i'm gonna wait for avengers and infinity war like next month or something but it's currently at two billion right now uh what else we got what else we got what else we got rest of these movies i don't give two shits about um mission impossible doing okay but yeah i don't care Alright, okay, we're gonna do some movie reviews real quick. I'm gonna just talk about some movies that I saw this weekend. Like, see, Eli, I know you saw some, so I guess we can do like a movie bully review real quick. So, I'm gonna just start with Mission Impossible, uh, Fallout. Now, I mean, people have been hyping the hell out of this movie. I've been seeing reviews, like, it's, I think it's like at a 98% or some shit on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like stupid high. People are calling it the Dark Knight of spy movies. You know, listen, Tom Cruise is back. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Okay, this shit is getting out of hand. Of course, you know, then the other stuff that was going on, like Tom Cruise broke his leg while filming and he did all his own stunts and they were showing it behind the scenes. He actually did like a real life fucking Halo jump, you know, like he's Captain America and shit. So, yeah, so that's Tom Cruise for you. Now, when I saw the movie, Eli, my impression of the movie that it was good. Wasn't mind blowing. Uh, Plot was actually kind of predictable. I mean, like I said, this is the sixth Mission Impossible movie. So after a while, you get you expect to see some shit. You expect to see, oh yeah, that guy he's gonna double cross you. Uh, yes, it's gonna be a car chase. Yes, Tom Cruise is gonna run for no fucking reason for five minutes. You know, you expect to see all that shit. And it be and, and people I've I've seen other reviews saying, oh, the plot plot was so smart. You had to pay attention to every single thing, otherwise it will lose you. Not really. The plot I thought was actually pretty simple. You know, especially since they kept repeating it over and over again. We gotta get the thing. Because if we don't get the thing, then this might happen. You mean we got to get the thing? Yes. And then the music cuts off. We have to get yeah. the thing. And exposition, exposition, exposition. Right. <laughs> You're like, okay, we get it. You got to get the thing. Okay, so they go through that. They got these long establishing shots of the pretty backgrounds like that. I'm like, yeah, this is cool and all that. But I put like this. When it got to the third act, Eli, holy shit. That third act was balls to the walls. Then I'd be like, that shit was was worth the entertainment going right there. Like up until the first two acts, they were cool. People were going crazy over the bathroom scene, like the bathroom scene, the greatest thing ever. I'm like, eh, cool. But that third act and the helicopter fight, and they were going back and forth. I was like, okay, this shit alone is worth the money. So that's why I was like, this is a pretty good movie. I'll tell you this about Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill was actually really good in this movie. Well, I remember like from the trailer though. The bathroom scene where it looks like he's doing all the fight choreography. Yeah, like, he's hey. a, yeah, he's doing all the yeah. fight choreography and he's fighting and stuff like that. And it was it was cool. I mean, there was no problem with it. Uh, but like I said, it was that third act where shit just really just went balls to the wall, just went nuts at the end of it. But like I said, Henry Henry Cavill was like really really good in this movie. He was swearing a lot in this movie. I started, I started looking again, like, wait, is this PG thirteen or R? Especially <laughs> Superman swearing like that. Fuck Superman! <laughs> right, <laughs> like what? The, I, honestly, I think Tom Cruise has put him in the movie specifically so he could fight Superman, <laughs> just so he could put that knot on his belt. Uh, other characters in the movie they were pretty good in there. Um, uh, Angela Bassett was in the movie, and Angela Bassett to me was Amanda Waller. That's all she was. Okay, yeah, like that was her only role in the movie. Which originally she was the original Amanda Waller back in Green Lantern. For anybody that remembers that shit, and you may have not, you may have missed it, but yeah, she was Amanda Wall in that movie. Um, yeah, overall, I give the movie a four out of five. It is a solid, entertaining movie. It is not a game changer. Uh, I don't even think it's the best Mission Impossible movie. People keep saying it's the by far the best action movie we've seen in years. I don't think it's the best Mission Impossible movie. I still think the best Mission Impossible movie is Ghost Protocol, the one that Brad Bird did. 
And I think the last two movies after Ghost Protocol had just been trying to recapture that Ghost Protocol magic. Now, I will say this one. This one, because I the one after this, one before this one was Rogue Nation. And this one is actually a direct sequel to that one. Like every other Mission Impossible movie is just like its own thing. This one is a direct sequel. Now, that's the that's why I actually got lost a couple times. Because they made a whole bunch of references to the last movie. And to be honest with you, I fell asleep on that movie. So I can't remember what happened. <laughs> so you sold me on that. Right. <laughs> so when the guy from the other movie showed up, I, I don't even remember. I was like, oh, he was the bad guy last movie? I don't even remember him in the movie. But they kept making him a big deal. So like, okay, yeah, whatever. So, yeah, uh, pretty fun movie. Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is one of the last movie stars that is a movie star that will put butts in the seats by his name alone. He's one of the very few guys that can still do that, and he does it here. When he's on screen, it's the Tom Cruise show. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. I, I, I'll let you go because I know you got some, some stuff. Oh, you wanna, okay. Uh, well, I saw The Purge, the first Purge. Um, Not the first Purge, but yeah. the first Purge. Well, they're calling it the first Purge because it's a prequel right this is this movie's all about the very first purge that happened um they were calling it an experiment and like the other ones it's full of political and social commentary um now for those who don't know the purge is basically a night one night in a a not too distant future of america where one night crime is legal for i'm pretty sure hours. they say they set the time as next year yeah, it's 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 not it's a few years from now. That's basically when all these movies take place. Um, and I'm I'm a fan of these movies. I like them. Uh, the first one is okay. It's just about a fa- a suburban a suburban family in their house trying to fend off you know the crazies. You know, it's a siege movie. But then from then on, the the you know it's all about the inner city and the the world opens up. And of course, election year was a uh, was a total you know, a uh, comment on, you know, the 2016 election and, and the two candidates that were running this one again, full of very, uh, timely social commentary. Um, you have this, uh, the, these, this new president who is an outsider. He's not part of, he's not part of the, uh, the two, the two-party system, the, the founding fathers, it's basically you, the, the origin of the founding fathers, what they call in, in all these movies. And he's trying this um, this experiment out where he feels like, yeah, Americans need to let, let loose and get rid of their aggressions to be, you know, to be a more peaceful nation. Um, and they're trying out this one night where, you know, you're going to purge your, purge your aggressions. That's what they call it. And they have a Marissa Tomei plays this uh, psychologist who comes up with the idea. And she's just all sort of taking data and and um, and, and observing everything that happens. And they choose this one uh, this one. They choose Staten Island as this as the as the place for it to happen. So it's all about, you know, the lead up to it. And you have, of course, all the people in the neighborhood that are protesting it. You have like, of course, you know, the 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 gang the gangster who's you know the the crime lord who's who's who who rules that territory is sort of putting his protection and offering protection and all stuff like that but the political commentary is it's 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 just so in your face um there's a scene where the chick is like gets sexually like uh 
harassed and she tries to, the guy tries to grab his crotch she beats his ass and goes you pussy grabbing motherfucker you know <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard about this scene yeah yeah there's that there's of course like um there's like these mercenaries wearing blackface masks you know <laughs> of wow. course the white supremacists are coming in and that's the thing is you find out that this thing was all sort of uh, orchestrated um, you see the whole science versus poly- yeah, because Marissa Tomei, she's the psychologist, and then you have the uh, the campaign managers like these people aren't killing each other like they were supposed to, like they thought, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, maybe people. I'm just here to. She's like, I'm just here to collect data. You know, science does not have any political agenda. I'm just here to collect the data, and it's like, no, we need we need this to work because and he even admits. You know, we cannot raise taxes. We need to lower the population. So, boom. <laughs> <laughs> so it was all a set and that they were paying people. They were paying people to participate in the purge. They're saying, okay, if you stay in Staten Island, you get five grand. And if you participate, you get a bonus, you know. So they were actually paying, you know, the, the population to partake in, this, in, the, in, the, in the purge. So – it's so basically this face uh, it, it, it kind of tells like how this was just all uh, just all about population control, you know, for the for, you know, for the one percenters. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I dig these movies. I dug this one. Of course, the, the you know, very stylized and, and gory violence is, is it's all there. Um, it got, does get a little repetitious. But still, whenever that whenever you hear the announcement of the purge, there's still that uneasiness. Whenever you hear that the, the sirens go off around the city and the, the 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 emergency broadcast system comes on on the TV and you know this the the commencement of the purge has begun. All crime is legal for the next twelve hours. You know, may God be with you. Like holy shit, it's still a little uneasy when you hear that because it's you kind of it, it's a little plausible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's almost so, way too plausible. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Even though I've seen these movies and, you know, and it's still, you know, it's nothing new. There's still that uneasy tension when you hear that, like, wow, this this could actually happen. And um, I guess they're making a TV show now, I guess. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be following that. But now, what, what that, channel will it be on? I better be on something cool where they can right. I'm saying you can't have this on CBS and think yeah, you're going to pull FX this on. or whatever, whatever Atlanta's on, and, and you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> we can just really cut loose, you know. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. So yeah, I give it a four out of five. I dig these movies. I dug this one. This was a good time. My only gripe is this: this movie takes place in Staten Island at the Park Hill Projects, and there's no Wu Tang on the soundtrack. What? <laughs> Yeah, the yeah. universe where Wu Tang didn't exist or something. I don't know. Yeah, there's all this trap rap, and you know, and of course Kendrick Lamar. There's a Kendrick Lamar song in there, but oh, <laughs> but shit. no Wu Tang. So I was like, shit, what the hell? Oh yeah. shit, like Lil Yachty and bullshit. Okay, no <laughs> yeah. wonder they're trying to purge everybody. <laughs> shoot anybody playing that shit. <laughs> yeah. shoot. Got any more movies or? Um. I, I didn't go to the movies. I mean, I saw A Quiet Place. I, oh, I shit. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can talk about that one. It's- box the shit. It was cool. It was cool. Um, uh, I mean, I'm I'm jaded, so, like, the scares, uh, you know, don't, don't affect me as much. But there was some generally tense moments. Um, 
what I really enjoyed about it is how well this movie was made. Um, the craftsmanship, because these characters can't talk. There's like maybe 10 lines of dialogue in the whole movie. So this, everything relies on visuals and editing. And it's like, it works so well. You get to know this family without any dialogue, you know? So I just, just watching this movie unfold and how, what it took to make it and how these, how the visuals and the editing and the, the use of sound was, was used. I was like, wow, this is, it's a really well-made movie. Um, the monsters are cool and everything. And then, yeah, there's some tense moments, but, uh, Overall, I enjoyed it, and like I said, it's, it's just really well-made, really well-crafted. So I give it a good, yeah, four, 4.5 out of 5. i got to watch it again. Just, to, just I want to see Probably how... Probably like some little stuff that you might have... Yeah, okay. yeah, it's, 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 the acting was good. Uh, you know, Krasinski, you know, uh, I, I, I know him from The Office. So <laughs> yeah, really he'll always be Jim from The Office to me. So. Yeah, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I mean, there were some parts that were foreshadowing and, you know, me being a horror fan, I could tell. But still, because the story was so stripped down and basic, I felt those ba- th- those horror tropes actually worked really well. Like, oh, I knew that's going to happen. And, yep, yeah, it's happening. And, like, damn it. And, like, I knew this was going to happen. And now it's happening. And now it's 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 bugging me because it's happening. And, it, and I'm invested in it. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, like I knew that was going to happen. I know it's a trope, and I've seen it a bunch of times before, but it's still working because of the the story is so basic and stripped down. So, yeah, I mean, it's really it's really effective, a really effective horror thing. Yeah, um, is it the best horror movie ever made? No, but it was pretty cool. In recent years, it's pretty cool. <laughs> so. Okay, nothing wrong with that. I'll, I'll check it out eventually. You know, right there. Uh, like I said, I think that's all the movies that we saw this week, so we can continue on from there. Uh, yeah, Eli, it's time for round two. All right. Like I said, we had this big James Gunn debate last week. You know, we did like this huge WWE promo on Facebook before it happened. I guess it paid off for us because like it's probably our <laughs> biggest episode. <laughs> so I didn't have time. I, but you know what? I've been noticing not a lot of people been talking about like a lot of the podcasts and stuff. Like I've seen a lot of articles pop up. Right. But some of the podcasts I've listened to aren't even touching this. Some of them are scared to. I think so. I think yeah. they're scared to talk about it. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I bet you we're one of the few that don't give it. We got nothing to lose. So we got nothing fine. to lose. I mean, <laughs> Ryan's not going to shut us down. If he does, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like I said, we could talk about this because, like I said, we've been talking about James Gunn. And now all of a sudden, the uh, the cast of the Guardians of the Galaxy have made an official statement. Like I said, they've been making tweets back and forth, you know, saying their stuff or maybe like making side tweets like that. But now they made an official statement basically putting their whole, you know, putting their whole faith behind James Gunn. And I'm going to just read, I'm not going to read the whole tweet. I'm going to just read basically uh, Chris Pratt's statement of what he said. Although I don't support James Gunn's inappropriate jokes from years ago, he is a good man. I personally love to see him reinstated as director of volume three. If you please read the following statement signed by Ty Cash. Like I said, it's online. It's pretty much everywhere. If you go online, you can see it. It's not a long read. It's actually pretty good. I doubt any of these actors actually wrote this shit. I think they hired somebody to do it, but it doesn't matter. They all signed it. And like I said, it's basically saying, you know, that, yes, he did this a couple years ago. Yes, he changed. Yes, the movies helped change him. Uh, And we're hoping that we're doing this because we're hoping Disney will reinstate him. But they're saying they also know that, you know, public opinion has no due process. 
you know, once they convict you, you're guilty, you're guilty. You know, mm-hmm. so they're saying that hopefully and they're saying they know it might get worse because they know that he was taken down by this by some organization. They know other people might be taken down by this organization. And they're hopefully that people will not, you know, character assassinate somebody else, even though they know it's eventually going to happen. But here's the thing, Eli, that I was very interested in. I feel like they they weren't like letting John off the hook completely. They were saying that in the statement at the end that I kind of caught, they were saying Hopefully this will teach people people that, you know, that post online or social media that everything they write can be, you know, held accountable for, that everything you write is permanent online. You know, it's written in digital stone. So hopefully going forward, everybody will be mindful in the society of what they're saying from there. And I, I felt like it's it's so funny that it's weird because I, I the other day, uh, what's that? The Facebook movie with uh, Lex Luthor. With the uh, uh Eisenberg, uh, Eisenberg social uh, something. Social yes. network. The social yeah. network was on the other day, and I wa- I was watching it, and um and the chick that he liked, she was saying, you know, the internet is not written in ink; it's written in stone or something or whatever. She said basically what you just said, right? <laughs> because he went and posted all those pictures, the hot chicks and rated hot chicks and all that stuff, and it went. That's what got out, and you know, people fig- flipped out over that shit. So. Yeah, you, you, manip- you, you manipulate the public in a, in a way, you know, the public opinion in a way online. So. And you can do that. I mean, like I said, yeah. you put certain things in certain places. Yes, you can sway public opinion. And people are finally mm-hmm. realizing this. Or not finally realizing, but it's been like way forever that you can influence the world through social media. I mean, yeah. that's how Trump is in office. Yeah. I mean, Twitter was dying before his campaign. He made it popular. <laughs> So now it's the thing to be just because he's making all these crazy ass tweets and stuff like that. And he's influenced. Like, I'm not saying he's influenced everybody, but he has a social, I mean, a, a certain circle of people that he can influence. And he's influencing through Twitter, you know, and it's the same thing to this. Like I said, you can you can make influence through that. Not like I said, I said what I said about James Gunn. I'm not going to retrain anything like that. If you didn't hear the last podcast, go back and listen to it. I said everything I want to say about that. As far as what to do with James Gunn, I don't care. If Disney books under pressure and puts him back in, you know, puts him back in the director's chair, cool, whatever. If they don't, cool, whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, nobody's dying. Nobody's going to jail. Hopefully, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, he will he will find another job. He can make his own movie. He can go to another studio, work on maybe DC, work on Spawn, whatever the fuck he want to. And at the end work of the day, on va- work on some Valiant movies, y'all. Ooh, it might make me give a fuck. But I'm never gonna say it. Make, make that Archer and Armstrong uh, movie. <laughs> right. Hey, that's right up his alley. <laughs> so at the same time, this is another the ugly side of Disney because, like I said, since they control everything now. Okay, James Gunn came, whatever side you're on about that, let's put that to the side. The point is that James Gunn got himself involved in a controversy. Now, one thing Disney is not going to do is take a bullet for one of their employees that is in a controversy. That shit ain't going to happen. So, Disney's like either you or him. They're not going to stand by James Gunn. They're not going to, you know, support him. They're like, no, if you're in this mess, whoever started it, it don't matter. You're gone, so they can be completely absolved from themselves. So they can pretty much wash their hands of the whole situation, so it won't taint them. It's a money move. That's all it is, you know. So people keep bringing up the straw man argument about what they did in the '40s with Dumbo and the Jim Crow and Songs of the South. Who gives a fuck? None of that shit is hurting their business right now. 
This James Gunn shit is hurting their business right now, and they had to completely remove themselves from this situation. Now, if they put him back in office, cool. If not, whatever. You move on to be all right. Uh, the Guardians, of course, the Guardians of the Galaxy are concerned about getting him in office because it affects them directly. Chris Pat's paycheck. You know, it's hard to get a franchise. You know, yeah, yeah, a billion he's got, dollar franchise. Bro, a billion dollar franchise. Yeah, he's got he's two. He's got two of them now. He's got two of them. Yeah, I mean, he's lucky. Yeah, but at the same time, these motherfuckers are hard to come by, you know. And so, and you know, like I know, when that Guardians 3 comes out, you know it's going to be some angry fanboys that are going to, you know, mob mobilize, you know, and, and try to boycott this shit. Try to run if them. it even gets made. I mean, that's that's the question, if they're even going to That's the it. question also. Honestly, if I was Disney, I would just cancel this all together. I'd just say, fuck Guardians 3, you know, because that, you don't even give the fanboys a chance to mobilize. Because the funny yeah. thing about it is that, okay. They they want to you know they're gonna boycott Guardians three right you know they're not gonna boycott Avengers four they'll sell one of their children to watch that shit oh yeah well they they might be doing some rewrites oh shit just have all the Gar- Guardians just not come back to life <laughs> just Thanos just break every one of their necks just like- <laughs> kill Rocket too is he we got Rocket fucking he's dead oh I left one. <laughs> They're like just grab Groot and just smoke him like a cigar or some shit. Make sure you don't come back. Yeah, so, that theory about uh, Groot being a part of uh, Thor's hammer. Yeah, fucking blow that shit up. Groot's not coming back. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then Thanos looks right at the camera. <laughs> so yeah, that 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 shit would be hilarious. So yeah, that's going to happen with the Guardians three. And and like I said, we're going to move into the next part of the podcast, but it's all connected because Disney owns everything. Disney owns your soul. Eventually, yeah. they will buy outright geekery. Eventually, they will buy us. <laughs> I would welcome do. our new Disney are. We pretty much give them all our money. So. Right. <laughs> In some form or other. We're In some giving... form or another, we are, Disney, <laughs> yeah. we are paying Disney. So, yeah. yeah, so they have so much shit in the fire right now. And like I said, they... This well, before, whole... before we go on, I just wanted to say uh, about that whole statement with the actors. I mean, I don't think he's going to get his job back. I think he's done. But I, st- I just think it's cool that these actors came out and supported him, you know. And and they should. They should. Yeah. Like I said, regardless of how you feel about the whole situation, I have no yeah. problem with people protesting because that is their right to do. Yeah, I think that was cool. It's like at least people aren't totally buying into the rumors and, the you know, the fake news or whatever. So that that's reassuring. So that, that, that made me feel good. But do I think he's going to get his job back? Probably not. And yeah, he should go make some horror movies again because he makes cool horror movies. Here's the thing. Do you think, okay, like I said, the Guardians made this statement. Do you think they're going to take it a step further? Do you think I, they're going to give Disney an ultimatum? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, the only one I could think of is Zoe Saldana because she's an avatar. But, you know. That's a whole other thing. She, I mean, she'll, I, she'll I, get her Avatar money. That's that's not gonna. Yeah, uh, and she's in him. I mean, as far as I know, they're still making them. Okay, yeah. I didn't know if they was already shot or whatever. Yeah, because oh, he's making like th- five of them or something. Yeah, they're still in the works, and he's trying to like basically build a whole new form of theater so we can watch these. <laughs> what the fuck, <laughs> James? Gun- uh, James Cameron? Shit. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, we're gonna have to like yeah, fly to the moon to watch these fucking movies. <laughs> 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 so yeah just just more bullshit going on so that that's what i was wondering what's going on there. the reason i was saying we we're gonna go to the next part because actually the next part kind of bleeds into this like i said we got this whole 
Disney Fox merger going on. Now, a lot of people think that Disney just outright bought Fox and they just paid 71 million cash and that's pretty much it. Now, from what I'm hearing, I'm hearing it's a little more complicated. Than that. It really they just bought Fox. It's like they merged into one company. I don't know the whole logistics behind that, but it's not like a uh, a Marvel or a Star Wars thing. Where they just wrote a check and that's it. Like they merged into one company now. Like they're still going to, Fox is still going to exist. It's right. just they're owned by by Disney. <laughs> now, from what I remember, I think they like the, it's like a, Ray, it's like Ray Kroc owning McDonald's. <laughs> right. <laughs> he doesn't make the burgers, but he owns the land it's on. <laughs> For those that haven't seen the founder, go stop list the podcast right now and go see that shit. Yeah. That movie is awesome. Yeah, and it'll just make you want to fucking eat at Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> Not McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck this. I ain't eating McDonald's no more. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we were saying. So, like I said, they have merged in one company. And that's the thing. Like, it is scary now because, yeah, everybody is happy. Fantastic Four is back. Woo! X-Men is back. Woo! Nobody cares that Disney now owns 40% of Hollywood. Yeah. That's some scary shit because the same shit that just happened to James Gunn because... They own so much of Hollywood. James Gunn is just a cog in the machine. He's just a tool. They can replace him. And the thing is, like, okay, what if they don't make a Guardians 3? It's Marvel. We already know that they can slap their name on anything, and it's guaranteed to half a billion regardless. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Eli, have you ever read an Ant-Man and Wasp comic? Uh, Not recently, no. I haven't ever. I, st- I still <laughs> haven't even seen the movie. Okay, okay, but... <laughs> I, I touche. I see your point. <laughs> but the whole point I'm trying to make is that you have people that have never even heard these characters, never even bought a comic from these characters. Even if they bought the comics, say these comics suck, and they're making all this fucking money just because Marvel's just slapping their name on some shit, and it's just selling. They're like, oh, it's Marvel. I just gotta go see it. And any movie they do, they can do that with. They can make a, a, a Sleepwalker movie right now, and that shit would do half a billion. It's it's crazy. It's crazy because they built themselves as a brand name. And if they don't do a Guardians 3, like I said, two weeks from now, nobody would even notice anymore. It would just fade from obscurity and we would just keep moving. Especially since we just said that they bought the Fantastic Four. I've said this before in other in like earlier podcast episodes before, the Guardians were always just a placeholder for the Fantastic Four. They're doing the adventures that the Fantastic Four used to do. Now they have the Fantastic Four. Fuck the Guardians. Sorry. I mean, it really is. You could just have those same adventures with the Fantastic Four. And just keep the party going. Half yeah, the time, they, they, they won't make it won't make Guardians money, but yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I just had this conversation the other day with the baby mama. Yeah, and she don't read comics, and yeah, the Guardians are her favorite movie. When I said, "Well, they'll just make Fantastic Four movie," and she said, and I quote, "Fuck the Fantastic." Four. Okay, I get, I get it. Fuck the Fantastic <laughs> Four, but we they have the if they hit the Marvel stamp, things change. <laughs> like, oh, it's it's not like the other Fantastic Four now. It's going to be good now. It may be the same fucking movie. But like yeah. I said, we're brainwashed into thinking it's going to be a good movie. People think yeah. Ant-Man is a good movie. You know, Doctor Strange is a good movie. And, and you even said it. I mean, I watched Infinity War twice. Right. And I was like, okay. The first time, it was all just, you know, oh, my God, shock and awe. And the, this time around, I'm like, yeah, this is just a bunch of shit crammed together. Right. <laughs> like, it's not really a movie. It's you not know? a movie. And, 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 and the baby mama, she saw it and was like, 
Uh, it was all right. Uh, it just, just was just a bunch of. There was no plot. Like, so yeah. your, your ba- it sounded like your baby mom was a little bit easier than my mom. My mom just kind of said that shit sucked. You know? She even looked at me like, "You like this, really?" <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's yeah we, because it's just it was more like you said it was a more of a celebration than a movie, right? You know, it's just a tribute to the to to, to these to the all the other movies that uh, the previous movies, right? That it was, it's not really doesn't work on at on its own. A self-contained film, right? You know, it's, it's just it's an just, event, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're right. I mean, they're, they're a brand, and there's always going to be an audience. You know, it's just uh, I. I just think moving forward, you know, I you know I think the billions will aren't going to be there as much. I think they're, I think they're going to be formalic, like Pixar. You know, they're not going to shove. They're not going to fucking they're already be blowing. formulaic. Yeah, they're 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 going to be more like. They're not going to be blowing three hundred million on a movie anymore. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, especially after the Phase One characters are out. You know what I mean? They're going to I mean, keep we, we're keep... saying it, Eli, but if they make an Avengers versus X Men movie, come on, <laughs> we're going to be get right Ra- there in that. Get network. Robert Downey Jr. back. And... <laughs> yeah, right. Just back up a truck in front of his house, like, yeah. man, please do this movie. You know? I mean, that, and that's what they could do. Yeah, every so often they'll they'll you know they'll open up the checkbook and you know and just throw blank checks everywhere and money will be no object. But I think moving forward, they're going to be like, Hey, each movie is going to be like 80 to hundred million. And, and then, you know, you, you make your money back and that's, that's, that's going to feed the machine. You know, just keep it going. Keep, I mean, you know. uh, uh, yes, I agree with you. Eventually this machine has to slow down mm-hmm. and people are saying, eventually we're going to get superior fatigue, but I'm saying the machine is, isn't slowing down anytime soon. And it's nowhere in sight where the machine is slowing down. Yeah, not, I, I don't not, see it. Not with Marvel, anyway. Yeah, not no. with Marvel. I mean, it's eventually going to come a time when it happens, but I don't see it. You got Spider Man Homecoming two out of time or out of home or whatever. Uh, Black Panther two probably going to make more money than the first one did. You know, they probably going to do the same thing. Put in February. You know, Black Panther month probably have uh, I don't know, Obama guest star in it or some shit. You know, I don't know. <laughs> So and it, the train is just going to keep going. You know, eventually it's going to slow down. Like I said, there's one opponent that has never been defeated, and that is time. Eventually, everybody you know slows down. Eventually, but like I said, I don't see it anytime soon. But it's just, I just like yeah, my my yeah my my alarming like yeah, Disney now owns like half the planet, right? And the fact that they bowed to political pressure is alarming, you know. And I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. You know that this giant corporation that owns everything practically can be, you know, persuaded. Politically. If, if, if yeah. what you say is political, I don't think it's politically. I think it's financially. I think well, it's publicly. Yeah. yeah, but someone with a political agenda. But right, somebody with a political yeah. agenda was affecting their pocketbook. Yeah, so it always down to it. So. Yeah, and that that that's that's what's alarming about it. And you know, so but hey, I like my entertainment, and I you know that this is what keeps me happy and puts a smile on my face. So in the end, does anybody really give a shit? No. Exactly. <laughs> Yay, Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> For the rest of the podcast, we're gonna fan cast. Who's gonna be in the Fantastic Four? Yay! Fuck yeah, that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Watch some other podcast does the whole show that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Moving past that bullshit. Uh let's talk about another shit show. Star Wars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, like I said, they have announced episode nine, the full cast of who's gonna be in episode nine. 
and I'm going to read out the full cast for you. Uh, like I said, we have cast members returning will be Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, Don Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nyong'o, Domogigleason? Dom yeah, Hill? Dom, Dom Hall or Dom... How do you say his name? How do I yeah, get I all the other names right to fuck Hux. up on those? Yeah, I know. That guy. Yeah, yeah Hux. Yeah. Okay. Hux. Oh, his... Kelly Marie Tran. Well, good for her. Awesome. <laughs> there you go, fanboys. <laughs> It'll piss people off. It'll exactly. Yeah. As soon as I say that name, trigger. You just saw the kill yeah. Bill red eye. I can't... <laughs> this movie's gonna suck. I'm only gonna see it five times. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, who else we got? Uh, Junis Sutama? I don't know. They say he's a returning character. I don't know who the hell that is. And Billy Lord. Billy Lord. That's a uh, character. Daughter. Yeah, that's her daughter, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Joining the cast is Naomi Aki. I don't know who that is. Uh, Richard E. Grant and Carrie Russell. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, and also coming back is uh, Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. So, fuck death. It'll probably be a Force Ghost. Whatever. Okay. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Daniels, C-3PO. Uh, and Billy D. Williams. There you go. We'll come back as Lando. So, yeah. Uh, Eli, how th- long do you think it would take for them to kill him in the movie? Uh, Lando? Yeah. I don't know, man. Let's see. There's, there's no way he's making it out of there. You never know, man. Because they're killing... They're supposed to kill Leia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I was actually saving that. Uh, <laughs> Carrie Fisher will be back in the movie. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. how they're gonna do that? They say they have some some uh, unused footage from the other movies, like Episode Eight, and it's gonna use that footage and just kind of shoot around it. So, I guess it wouldn't yeah. be that hard because most of the movies shot on green screen anyway. So hey, they just... did it with Brandon Lee. So <laughs> yeah, and that was like what thirty years ago when they did that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they can do the footage now. Hopefully, they can do that CGI bullshit again. That yeah, shit was I... terrible. I don't know, man. I I mean, I don't know. That CGI shit in, in Rogue One was it, it took it took me completely out of the movie. And what I understand is why did that shit look so bad? Especially when you got Marvel doing this CGI where they can make Michelle Pfeiffer look like Michelle Pfeiffer from Batman Returns. You think they could make better graphics than what they did in, in Rogue One? Like they really didn't. I don't know. Spend a whole lot of time on it. I I know I've they have made fully functional CGI characters in movies before, and I don't know why they couldn't do better than that in Rogue One. It, it was like. What is that? Battle Elite Alita? That movie? Oh, Battle Angel. Battle Angel, whatever. The, I don't. I've never seen it. Battlefield, whatever. Isn't that character the lead character like 100 percent CGI? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so they can do that, but they can't make Grandma talking or Princess Leia look halfway decent, convincing. Well, Grandma talking's dead. I mean, that dude's dead. I, I get that. I get that. I'm not saying digging. I know Disney has money, but I know they had that much money. I, I, I was amazed. Like, holy shit, he's there. I was, I, I'm just saying he didn't look convinced. It was that uncanny valley. It kept taking me out every time he appeared on it. And I know for a fact I have seen CGI in other movies with fully CGI characters that look better than that. They they could have did a better job with that. You know, he didn't even move correctly. His face looked weird. I'm like, come on, man, y'all can do better. Than that. Y'all, y'all yeah. Disney, y'all have the money. Making somebody younger is probably easy, like because for Downey Jr. and Michelle Pfeiffer, I'm sure they were they used their face as a template and they were doing the performances and they just you know. I don't in. think they were doing it. I think they had maybe stunt doubles. Reason well, I'm I, saying it because yes, Michelle Pfeiffer does look good for her age, but when she walked down those stairs and Ant Man and the Wasp, I'm like, whoa. 
Oh, I still haven't seen it, so I don't. Okay, I'm, I'm not spoiling <laughs> it. She, yeah, she's hot, okay? <laughs> don't tell me that, you know. So, yeah, so that stuff still happens in there. So I'm just wondering how they're going to get around that. So I don't know. This, it's going to be weird. People are going to bitch at this movie just for any reason. I'm, I'm just ready. I know they said after episode nine, they're going to kind of like take a break from the main Star Wars movies. So I'm after this, this is, just get past this shit. Yeah, I'm like kind of like done talking about Star Wars. I'm like, because ah, it's no fun. Yeah, because even if you start <laughs> like everything about it, I want to talk about, like, doesn't like, like, yeah, I, I had this theory about Luke still being alive, and I tried to express that, and people that just turned into a big bitch fest, and like, uh, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, can't even talk about it. So. Uh, that being said, now we can move on to DC, and DC was doing so well. But they have this one spot that's just really fucking up, and that's the Titans. Like I said, the Titans trailer came out. Nobody liked this shit, except maybe one person. I'm not going to name his name, but shout out to that one Is guy. Is Berlanti making this too, or what? I don't think he has anything. He may have. I don't. I hope I hope Berlanti's not putting his name on this. He needs plausible deniability on this shit. This shit is like I said, it looks like Arrow. It's swearing. I mean, it looks like it looks like YouTube, man. It don't even look like Arrow. I know you say it look like Arrow, but I don't see it. I think the only person on there looks good is Robin, but he doesn't act like Nick Grayson, so even they fuck that up, you know. <laughs> uh, so, but like the thing is, the thing we want to talk about is because there's been one actress that is beginning harassed again because that's what nerds do. We harass people on the internet. And this is the Starfire actor, Anna Diop. I may be saying her name wrong, maybe fucking up, whatever. She has deleted her Instagram account because she says she's being harassed by racists and sexists. You know, not people that have been, you know, going after her because of her performance in Starfire, what they saw. They just like attacking her specifically. So she decided to delete her account. So, like I said, I know people are scared to say what they want to about this. They want to tiptoe around this subject, stuff like that, because they don't want to be labeled this and labeled and stuff like that. Look, if she looks like shit, say she looks like shit. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. You don't have to dance around it. You're not going to. And, and, this, and this is the thing about this. Now. Yeah, you can she, critique her performance. You can critique her performance or how she looks as the character. But you don't have to call her race. Into it. Right. You can you do it without to, calling your race. Into right. It. You don't have to put a race. <laughs> now, I, I, I get it. I get it that she has been attacked personally online because i know how these assholes are online and i know they go after her and stuff like that but eli i'm gonna put a disclaimer up i'm gonna say something very controversial okay okay well yeah yeah okay because people are scared to say this the opinions on this podcast do not reflect (laughs) right we have to put a disclaimer up because like i said because people are scared to say what they want to say because they're going to label us a racist but guess what i can say what the fuck i want to say there you go i'm black you can't call me racist (laughs) <laughs> yeah. only if you're talking about a white person though yeah as long as she's not white go ahead <laughs> right <laughs> now like i said what i'm gonna say about it because i i i feel like that this show maybe her and maybe the show maybe both of them are hiding behind the race car hiding behind the sex car so they can you know put up a shield against any criticism about what we saw from her performance and her costume and her portrayal of Starfire. So now if anybody says anything about her wig, you know, her complexion, her her wardrobe, her costume, her special effects, if you say anything about it, Eli, you're a racist. 
You can't have an opinion about it because they hide behind that race car shield. Because a few assholes online went at her specifically to attack her. That means nobody can have an opinion about this shit. Otherwise, you're going to be labeled with those other, you know, basement dwelling neck beard assholes, too. And no, you don't get a free pass on this. I'm sorry. You don't. You don't get to pull the race card on this shit. This shit looks fucking terrible. I'm not attacking the actress. I have seen her before in other stuff. She was in like 24. She was awesome in that. I'm not attacking her physically. She's beautiful. I'm not saying anything about that. I'm saying when I see, I pick up a comic book and I see Starfire and you show me this shit and you telling me you want me to pay my $8 a month so I can see this bullshit? Fuck no. I'm going to have an opinion about this shit. Because if you want my $8, you also get my opinion with it one way or another. I'm not attacking the actress. The actress is fine. I'm attacking this fucking portrayal of Starfire. Now, yes, some of the other ones look like shit too. Uh, Beast Boy, what the fuck was going on with that? But like I said, Starfire looks so bad in the trailer. To me, it takes me completely out of the out of the whole show. Because all it takes is like one little thing to take you out of the whole illusion that you're in this world of Gotham or DC or whatever the fuck you're in. And that's what the fuck is going on right now. So no, you don't get to pull the race card on this. And and people need, because here's the thing. It was another group that did the same bullshit. Because a few people harassed them and a few people attacked them that they pretty much put up this wall in this campaign that if anybody attacked them, they were labeled this and that also, even if they just, they can't even have a regular opinion. And that was Ghostbusters. Like, oh, yeah. you couldn't even have an opinion on Ghostbusters. Like, if, if I said the movie sucked, I'm a, I'm a sexist. I hate women. You know, that that's how... Best that, that movie was. I saw that movie. The movie sucked. I gave the movie a fair chance. I didn't say, oh, it's a bunch of women. I'm not seeing this bullshit. No, I saw the movie. And I'm like, this movie fucking sucked. So now if anybody says anything about that and they and the director came out and said everybody that, you know, hates the movie is a racist and you should give the movie a fair shot. I mean, the trailers look bad to begin with, you know, so. We're getting to the point that we can't even make criticisms anymore without being, you know, labeled in a in a hate group. When when mm-hmm. do we get to that point? Uh, the moment James Gunn got fired, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're trying to bring it full circle, okay? <laughs> can't do that shit on the internet no more. Man. <laughs> That's all I'm saying yeah. about that, man. It, it, it's I'm 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 leaving that because yes, I. I and I understand that she's going through a lot being physically attacked and stuff like that. And yes, you assholes should not be doing it. Leave these people alone. They're just doing a the job. They're hired to do a job and they're doing that so you can leave them alone. But as far as whatever the fuck is going on with this performance, this shit is fucked up. And you are not a racist if you say that. Yeah. All I'm going to say that. I mean, so, people are going to bitch regardless of what, you know, people are going to bitch because people bitch. And they're going to bitch about that they're bitching. And then it's going to snow. It'll be like BVS all over again. Remember those great days? <laughs> oh, yeah. How can you forget? <laughs> so, like I said, you can go online and you can, you know, put a cape on and try to save her all you want to. At the end of the day, when the Teen Titan show tanks and they pull this shit after the first season, there'll be no saving her or any of them folks on there. So, uh, yeah, let me say it. What else we got? What else we got? Uh Oh, no. Fuck all that. Let's talk. Can we move on to the video game news now? Uh, sure. Yeah, let's just move on. Let's go to something lighthearted. <laughs> so, apparently... Okay, remember Yannette Garcia? 
I do not know who that is. Oh man, you don't browse the internet like I do. <laughs> 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 so, uh, for those that don't know, and I know some of you listeners do know, Yannette Garcia is that like really, really super hot Mexican uh, weather girl? You know that blew up on the internet last year, and every time she was. You know, uh, she turned around to like point at California to show how hot it was. She would like turn around. You could like see the curves and like the really, really tight dresses she had. You know, they labeled her like the sexiest <laughs> weather girl of all time and stuff. You know, okay. hot, super hot. You know, she's like supermodels on a part time. shit like that. So anyway, point I'm trying to get to uh, her boyfriend dumped her because he wanted to focus on Call of Duty. So hmm. and of course, this became a big news, not only just in the national news and in the gamer world and nerd geek world, whatever you want to call it, people were looking at this like, what the fuck? Okay, you have the hottest chick on the planet and you dump her because you're not playing enough Call of Duty? What the fuck? Like, leave this shit alone. Like, go play something else. And then, and I, I thought like everybody else did, like, this guy is fucking nuts, you know. But then I started digging into it and seeing what the heck was going on. And after a while, I started thinking, oh, that's, okay, so in that situation, I actually kind of understood where he was coming from yes she's fucking nuts or what no he said she was cool. <laughs> you would think so okay that hot you have to be nuts he said she was cool i think she might have been nuts she i'm not gonna say that <laughs> but yeah like i said she she might have been nuts but he she said she was cool but he said that wasn't why he got rid of her but at the same time listen to his story i was like okay it makes sense because the thing is it's not just he just dumping her for call of duty the thing is, this guy, whatever his name is, Faze Sensor, whatever his name is, he's actually a professional Call of Duty tournament player. He makes six figures a year doing this shit, playing Call of Duty. He has sponsorship. He goes to tournaments. He does all this shit. And he was saying, basically, you know, spending time with her or she became a distraction to start making him suck at tournaments. You suck at tournaments, you lose out on money. Lose out on money, you lose your sponsorship. You get kicked out. All kind of stuff. It just starts snowballing like that. So we got to make a choice. It was and either, she breaks up with him because she's broke. Right. And she's going to break up with him anyway. So, <laughs> so he had to make a choice. Either leave the hottest woman on the planet or, you know, or follow his career, follow his dream. And I put it like that. And I was like, okay, I, I get it. That's a hard decision to make. That's not something you just make on a whim. You have to sit down and think about that. Like that. What that was, what she is, you got to think about that before you walk away from that, you know. So, but like I said, if you chase your career, chase your dreams, no matter who you are, I don't care how hot you are. You can be your Net Garcia. When a man is chasing his dreams, that's what he's going to do. He's going to chase the dreams. Now, people are jumping on this because the thing is, because he's a Call of Duty player, they make because people really don't take video games seriously. People already think that it's some kind of addiction that people have and it's fucking up people's lives and stuff like that. And they're thinking, okay, he just sits in his house just playing five, six hours of Call of Duty in his mom's basement. He's got the hottest chick on the planet, but he wants to uh, dump her so he can play eight to ten hours a day in his mom's basement. Like, no, that's not what's going on. He, you know, he's fully paid to do this stuff and he's just chasing his career. But people still don't take video games seriously and don't think it as career seriously. So they're making him just like some kind of man child that can't get his shit together. <laughs> and just for the record, it doesn't matter how hot a person is. There's always someone who can't stand them. <laughs> right. Now let's think about this for a second. Now he'd been with her for three years. So it wasn't like he was with her for, you know, he, 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 you know, was with a one night, and like, okay, no, you're missing me from Call of Duty. I got to get away from you. No, he was with her for three years. So 
hey, that's three years of of that. <laughs> no, he and has the memories. Kids. Yeah, they didn't have any kids, so hey. Which I don't know how the fuck that didn't happen. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wouldn't have been me. <laughs> and so, yeah, and maybe like people were looking down on him for doing that, for doing a Call of Duty, but nobody said anything when Tony Romo did it with Jessica Simpson. You know, he had to focus on quarterbacking for the Dallas Cowboys. So he had to leave Jessica Simpson, who, we, you know, he felt was distracting her. Nobody said anything about uh, Aaron Rodgers when he dumped Olivia Munn, when he felt he became a distraction. So it's okay for them to dump their hot girlfriends, but it's wrong for him to dump his hot girlfriend because he's playing Call of Duty? And fuck Olivia Munn. She's a fucking sellout, man. I thought she, she used to be like have all this geek cred and shit. Oh, and what she okay. Do, she, oh. Fucking, she starts fucking the jocks. Okay, <laughs> let, let's talk about Olivia Munn. Yeah. Olivia Munn gives geek girls a bad name. She really <laughs> does. That's why she makes it hard to rescue. That's why anytime you see a hot girl that's into like nerd shit, you can't take them seriously because of Olivia Munn. Because Olivia yeah. Munn was doing exactly what we think a lot of hot girls that are just not getting. Oh, I mean, you know, the, the hot ones that wear like a Batman belly tee, you know, <laughs> those girls, you know, but they wear the glasses, but they got like big boobs and shit. You're like those girls. You can't take them seriously because of Olivia Munn, because Olivia Munn was doing all this geek shit and this nerd shit only to get her way into Hollywood. The moment she got into Hollywood, she was like, fuck all this shit. Fuck you, nerds. I never played a fucking Mario game in my life. Fuck all of you middle fingers up. I'm going to Hollywood and I'm going to bang a quarterback. And that was it. You never seen anything again. Yeah, that's why we still know who Olivia Munn is. And we don't where the fuck is Morgan Webb. <laughs> right. <laughs> who actually really knew that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Who's actually a gamer. And that's shit. what I'm saying. She actually was a gamer. She's knew how to play this shit. She streamed this shit. Olivia Munn knew none of that shit. Like, yeah, I remember when she said Mick Hammer. She said MC Hammer and said Mick Hammer on the air. <laughs> like, what the fuck? But she's hot, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that the moral of the story, stop letting hot people slide. Hold them accountable. <laughs> yeah, this weather chick, yeah. She she don't get no free pass. She don't get a free pass either. <laughs> I mean, shit. She, look, she said at the same time, though, she also said that she was going to go back to Mexico. So she basically gave him an ultimatum also. Like, I'm going back to Mexico. I got this job. You got to come back to Mexico with me if you want to keep getting this. And he's like, <laughs> hmm. Call of Duty, mm. Mexico. Call of Duty, Mexico. I'm sick of Call of Duty, you know. Now, mm. some other guys. Now, people that are on the outside. And here's the thing about this. Okay. Now, one thing I know about guys that land hot women they can land another hot woman. It's no, they didn't strike, you know, they didn't, you know, hit the lottery when they hit a woman. It's, it's consistent. Every guy I've known that ever hit a hot, got a hot woman, they dump her, they get another one, like immediately. So this guy's going to be okay. You thinking, oh, you're Ned Garcia, he'll never do better than that. Next week, he'll have one even hotter. It, that's the circle of life. It, it happens. Uh, that being said, can we move on to the media podcast? Ah, uh, Sure. Yeah, I, I know it took a long time for us to finally get here, but let's finally get there. Uh, like I said, this is the bread and butter of the podcast. It's the comic book bullies. We actually talk about comic books. I'm going to talk about the comic books that went on this past weekend. And I guess I can start off the first book I'm going to talk about is Doomsday Clock number six. Okay. Like I said, this is the halfway point of Doomsday Clock. It's only going to be 12 issues, and we're just going to get down to business. So basically what happened is, is that the last where the last issue that took place in number five that Joker, well, the mime and the marionette, those two new Watchmen esque characters popped up. They captured Batman, 
and then Joker showed up and captured them. And then he saw Batman on the ground like, oh, look at here. I got Batman. So the next issue we see that they're going to some place. They're walking down this hallway and Joker has Batman tied up in a chair. He basically said he hit him with some kind of Joker venom that's going to paralyze him for like the next 24 hours, some shit like that. So Batman can't move. Uh, the marionette and the mime are walking past stuff like that. And it's like, they're like, where are we going? Where are we going to the secret meeting? Because, uh, because of that Superman theory where everybody thinks that the government is out there making metahumans has everybody freaking out. So the Legion of Doom or the Super Society or the whatever they call in the name this week, they're all getting together to have a meeting to find out what they're going to do uh, about this going forward. So while they're doing that, we're getting this flashback. Really, the whole story is about it's a flashback. We get a flashback to the, the marionette when she was younger. And she and her father is this puppet owner. And he has his own shop and stuff like that. And he makes puppets like that. And the thing is, he gets shaken down every week by, actually by the cops, but I don't think it's the cops. And he pretty much asks him, you know, make a payment every week. Otherwise, they're going to, you know, fuck up his place and stuff like that. And she looks next door and she sees this little boy over there. And the boy can't talk. And they become friends and stuff like that. And they hang out. And the the his her dad makes puppets for him. And she gives him puppets. And they're basically like, you know, they're little boyfriend and girlfriend and stuff like that. And eventually the cops are like sick of what's going on. They're like, okay, we want some more money. And he's like, look, I'm not doing this no more. And they, you know, beat him up in front of his daughter until he gives him the money. And the next time they come in, he hangs himself. The reason he hangs, and he leave, not only does he hangs himself, he leaves a note for his daughter. And to know he lives, he like, as long as I live, they're going to keep coming after me. And I can't do and I can't keep doing this in front of you. So the only way I can, this is the only out I see. So what I want you to do is just pack up everything and leave and find a better life for yourself. So when the cops come in and they see, you know, his dead body and she basically blames them. So she stabs one of them in the neck, you know, with some scissors and she tries to kill the other one. The other one like, you little bitch, I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. And right before he gets the backhander, the little boy, they can't talk across the street. He, you know, bites one of them and stuff like that. And they end up killing, you know, both of the cops. So the little girl and the boy that can't talk, they leave and they grow up and they're together all the time. And they rob banks and stuff like that. And they're having sex all the time. And she gets pregnant and she has a baby and they get arrested. And that's basically the boy that grew up was was the mind. Like he never talks anything like that. Uh, back to the original story where we're going on right now. Uh, they finally make it to the the spot where you know they're having this meeting with the supervillains having this meeting about what's going on, and they're like, "Well, so what are we gonna do? It's about to be World War Three. Well, all the other villains are like leaving. If they can leave the planet, they're leaving the planet. They get the fuck out of here because some shit going down. How about we take Black Man, Black Adam, up on his offer and we, you know, seek asylum in Kondok? And we're like, "Yeah, maybe we should. Maybe we should do that." But before they can hash everything out, uh. One of the bad guys gets shot in the face and they turn around and look and it's the comedian. The comedian has found them and he's just shooting the fuck out of everybody. Throwing grenades, blowing everybody up, doesn't give a fuck. And he's trying to kill everybody, every single person in there. Uh, the mime and the marionette get out of there and like, we got to get the fuck out of here. So she grabs the mime and like, let's leave. So they leave while everything else is getting fucked up. And they make it back to this hotel room and the mime can't say anything. But he's like making gestures and she's like, no, you think you're going to go back there to fight the comedian? So he can get away from me? No, I can't. I can't let you leave. You can't go anywhere. So she takes him. They kiss. They have a sex scene and stuff like that. And when they're having sex, comedian kicks in the door right in on them and catches them while they're butt naked and points a gun at them. He was like, okay, I only need one of you to tell me where uh, Ozymandias is. So I'm going to let you pick any, meany, miny. And before he can make a choice, he gets buzzed in the back and it's the Joker. The Joker saves him. He's like, you know what? I like you too. You know, let's go. Let's go uh, wreak some more havoc. And 
yeah, that's the end of the book. Some more crazy shit happens, but I can't remember the top of my head. But yeah, that's the whole story. Uh, like I said, overall, super, super duper slow. We get some stuff about <laughs> the the mime and the marionette is cool. One weird thing was that okay, you seen what the mime looked like, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, why is he a little black boy in the comic? A little black boy? Yeah, he looks black in the comic. Like when he's young, he's a black boy. But then he grows up, he mime, he doesn't look black. And they don't even look the same shade or tone, anything. That's why it, it was confusing me the whole time. Like, is that the little boy? So I guess that's the boy because he grows up and he becomes a mime. And I they... guess in this one panel, he looks black. He kind of looks black, but I. No, he looks like a white dude. He got like the wavy hair, you know, European hairstyle and stuff like that. And he looks lighter. It's a difference between how he looks younger and how he looks older. It's It's different. So. I don't know. It's it's weird. I get the book up four to five. It's cool. I think it's gonna pick up. More stuff happened in the last book than in this one. But I keep uh, thinking things are gonna pick up with the next. I keep thinking cause the story has to go somewhere. I don't yeah. know. Because yeah. the most interesting thing that happened is that when Joker takes out comedian, you know the Watchman pen, he puts it on himself, and that's how the book ends. So I'm like, okay, that's exciting. Okay, I guess. I don't know. I'll let you go. All right. Well, since you're doing DC, I guess I'll just do the Marvel shit. <laughs> and um, yeah, I didn't get to read much because I was reading. I was reading real books. <laughs> <laughs> so I only got to the Punisher. Um, Punisher two twenty eight. This is the uh, the finale. The Punisher War Machine uh, finale or War Criminal, we should call it, because all the for those who don't know what's been going on, Nick Fury. Uh, gave Frank Castle the war machine armor to take out some uh, uh, European dictator. And then um, he did that, but then never gave up the the, the war machine armor and uh, kept it for himself and kind of went on a, a, a crime, you know, killing rampage. And then all the Avengers were after him to try to get him back. And um, he gave them all the slip. And this picks up right after uh, the last issue where... Uh, um, Winter Soldier and Black Widow kind of teamed up with the Punisher to go take out Hydra and Baron Zemo, who's been uh, kind of uh, you know secretly doing Hydra shit as, ever since. Uh, what's the shit that happened last year? Secret Empire. Secret Empire. Yeah. <clears throat> so this picks up right after um, they're at they're at some uh, Hydra jail with uh, you know holding a bunch of super criminals, and um, and Iron Man shows up. And uh, he's like, okay, Frank, I need that armor back. And there, there's some cool banter about, you know, morals and stuff like that, you know, which is always funny because Frank can always, you know, throw the shit right back in their face. You're a bunch of hypocrites. He said, fuck you, man. I do what you won't. You know, and the only reason why, you know, you, you still do what you do is because you don't have the balls to kill these motherfuckers, which is what I'm here to do. You know, <laughs> the world wouldn't need the Avengers if you had the balls to just fucking get rid of them, all those bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> so he's you know he's talked some good shit and then he he like collapses a building on Iron Man and takes off after Zemo who's got the ghost armor so this really cool fight between Punisher in the War Machine uh, suit and uh, and and Zemo Ghost and um, and uh, and uh, of course Punisher ends up kicking his ass because there's like a short in the in the suit or whatever and he you know he plucks the wire or whatever the fuck and fucks up Zemo and right before he's about to kill Zemo. Iron Man shows back up. He's like, man, you, you can't just, you know, collapse a whole building. You got to collapse a city on me to stop me, Frank. And, you know, they, <laughs> <laughs> so they fight some more and shit. And, you know, 
um, and they're kicking each other's ass. And all of a sudden, Rhodey shows up. Oh damn! Okay. Yeah. He's like, "You're wearing my front. You're like, you're wearing my clothes, Frank." Did they explain how he is not dead? I, I don't know. Okay. I don't. So obviously, some shit's happened since. since Marvel didn't care. Life. Fuck it. He's back. Yeah, he's wearing my clothes. He's like, "You're wearing my clothes, Frank. I need him back." And he goes, "Um, he goes, that's not your suit." You know, I thought you were done with it. He goes, "Well, I'm not." You know, you, you know, um, I when 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 Fury gave you the suit, I didn't mind because you were being a soldier. But once you kept the suit, now you're not a soldier anymore. So I I can't let you. You know, I need it back, man. And basically because. You know, Rhodes is another a fellow soldier. Frank's like, okay, fine. So he gives the fucking um, he gives the uh, you know, he steps out of the suit. He's like, fine, take it, you know. And um, so they arrest Frank and they're putting him in the van. And um, and and Fury's like, you know, see if you would uh, you know, if you would have just uh, you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have to take a loss, Frank, if you would have just obeyed my orders. And he says, you know, and, and Frank says, uh, uh, Baron Zemo escaped and all those other criminals did, too. So you call that winning. <laughs> and then he gets in, you know, um, and he said, that's why I never joined you. Basically, that's why I'm never on the Avengers. That's why I'm not on your team. <laughs> and then they they put him in the fucking truck and they drive away. And and, and, and uh, Fury's just like, I fucking hate him. <laughs> I thought he wasn't on the team because Catherine kicked his ass when he showed up one time. But oh, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, it shows the, the truck driving. You know, the paddy wagon with Frank in it, and they're driving away. Then all of a sudden, they're like, they stop in the middle, like, what the fuck? And it's uh, Black Widow and, uh, and and Winter Soldier sitting in the road, in the middle of the road. They got their guns pointed. He's like, yeah, we're going to need something in the back of your van. <laughs> and so it ends there. So this is uh, 228. It's supposedly going back to one. Um, it's a new team for the next issue. We're going back to Punisher number one. He's out of the armor. You know, out of the armor, but out still out for blood. So uh, we're going back to number one next issue. So I give it a four out of five. It's you know, a lot of a lot of action, a lot of ass whipping. You know, watching you know just the banter between Tony and uh, and uh, and Frank was cool. Just like seeing Frank being able to one up Tony is is, is fun. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Uh yeah, last book I'm gonna do. Last book I'm gonna do is uh Action Comics 1001. Like I said, this is actually Bendis' first, but technically not first book. Like I said, he did a thousand, but we're not gonna count that. But this is actually the first arc of his Action Comics run. So this we're gonna do here. So he's writing Action Comics and Superman, both of them at the same time. So okay. this is this is nothing for Bendis. He was writing like eight books at one time at Marvel, like in the same. I don't know how the fuck he was doing that shit, you know, but he was doing it. Uh, so basically how the book starts off, we see a bank, we see a robbery at LexCorp, you know, these armed goons shooting and Superman shows up and one of the goons just unloads an ammo clip right in Superman. Superman is getting shot, catching every bullet, yawning. He's like, huh? And the other bad guy with it, like, stop shooting him. You're not doing anything. He's like, I can't stop. You know, it's Superman. And then Superman looks at him like, next he's going to try to throw his gun. He's like, look, just, just give me the gun. Just, just give it to me. And again, when a guy emptied the clip, he just hands Superman the gun. He's like, thank you. Look, I got to ask you guys a question. Do you guys know anything about the arson that's been going on, about Metropolis been burning down? He's like, you think we did it? And Superman's like, oh, no, I know you guys didn't do it. I was just asking, did you know what happened? He was like, no, nah, we can't hurt anything. Uh, what do you think about your getaway driver? You think they you think you know, they know? They're like, uh, no, nah, they don't know anything. 
Let me go ask. And then he just shoots up in the, uh, shoots in the helicopter, rips the helicopter in half, grabs the person. Hey, do you know what happened? And they don't know anything either. And they just, and you know, Superman just arrests everybody and leaves them. You know, uh, then back to the Daily Planet, you know, Clark Kent is giving a report of the story, telling them where it happened. Everybody's laughing. We're like, okay, so Superman saved a bunch of goons from robbing LexCorp. I bet, Lex, I bet Lex Luthor is mad as hell. And all of a sudden, but Lex Luthor can't get an official statement because he was out of town, of course. You know, that happens. And then one of the uh, new reporters uh, tells Perry, like, uh, Perry, I got another story that you're not going to like. I got to follow up on that arson story. And Perry, like, you don't know what I'm going to like. You just started here. Well, I found out we got a lead on the story. And they're saying the person responsible for the fires is Superman. And Perry, like, yeah, I don't like that. And then Clark Kent, like, wait, what? And then Clark Kent start asking the other reporter, like, wait, where'd you, who's your source? Who's your source on that? And then he find out that the source was this little boy, you know, that uh, walked up to, you know, the fire department chief and said Superman was burning down buildings. So Superman goes to the boy's school, flies up in front of him while he's in football practice and stuff like that. He was like, okay, what'd you tell the cops? Come with me. And then he walks with the boy, tells everything that happened. He was like, look, some big bald head dude paid me $300 to tell you that Superman was burning down buildings. And they were like, you did what? And the boy was like, should I have asked for more money? I don't know, it's $300 a lot? They were like, okay, little boy. And then, but the, the cop, but not the cop, but the fire department chief is like, how can we trust anything this boy is saying right now, Superman? Because you were imposing, you were intimidated. You could be, you know, scaring this boy into telling a lie. He was like, well, I, I see what you're saying. Because my name's been brought up in this, and now I'm a suspect, I guess I have to remove myself from this whole fire situation. Because I can see how everything is getting, you know, hazy since I'm a suspect in it. And then the boy is like, but then they look at the boy like, well, we got to do something about this boy because he, he's lying. But at the same time, he's a good boy. I talked to his mom and he's fine. And then the boy is like, well, I can't give the money back. I already spent it. And Superman's like, tell him, okay, look, this is what you're going to do. You're going to spend an hour every day at the food center and serve, you know, homeless people. You're like, I can't do that. I'm busy. Well, I just talked to your mom. Do you want me to do what your mom had in plan? You're like, no, that's okay. I'll do the hour. I'll do the hour. You're like, okay, that's what I thought. And then he flies off. While Superman flies off, he flies back to the Daily Planet. And one of the other, like the new Gossam colonists, I think her name is Trish Q. She's a Bendis person, you know, just popped up. And she keeps grilling Clark Kent on what happened to Lois Lane. And and Clark is like, don't worry about what happened to Lois Lane. Look, whatever happened, first off, it's not your business. Second, it's not even news, so it don't matter. You're like, Clark, we both know it's news. You want to know why? Let, let's face it. She left you for Superman. And he stopped. He's like, wait, what? Like, think about it. She's always been flirting with Superman this whole entire time, even while y'all was married. All of a sudden, after the blue, she just leaves. She left you for him. She traded up. I mean, think about it. You versus him? It's a no-brainer. And he just get pissed off and just leaves and flies out of the building. While he's flying out, somebody spots him flying, and they give word to, okay, he's on the move. And while he's on the move, they have this like little secret meeting. They have a meeting in a mansion underground in a lead tank a lead soundproof tank and they have this meeting with these other guys and while these guys are talking you see a big bald head dude in the background they're like did you pay off that kid to uh tell him that superman was doing that he's like yeah i did that so they would look at superman instead of what we're doing you're like why you did you know for a fact they're not gonna believe superman was torching those buildings so all you're gonna do is have the suspicion on who did it so you're actually screwing up our plans you're like what are you talking about you're like see you you think she's gonna be mad like oh i know she's gonna be mad Matter of fact, she's right behind you. And he turns around and he gets swallowed up in this red cloud, just eating. And the rest of them like, oh, shit. And then uh, while the cloud is eating him, the cloud actually turns into a person. It turns into a female. And the female calls herself 
Red Cloud. He was like, okay, I want no more fuck-ups from the rest of you. Everybody has to stay under the radar. He cannot know you even exist. Now, you know your assignments. Go do what you got to do. And that's it. Now, while they're doing that in the other cross part of town, they go to the Drake's Hotel. And you see somebody typing on this laptop, you know, writing a story. And it turns out to be Lois Lane. Lois Lane is writing the story, and not only is she typing this paper, she has this little notepad where she's writing the first draft, and it says, The Secrets of Lois Lane. And while she's typing, the book ends. So, apparently, Lois Lane did not go with Jonathan and Joel. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. More intrigue, more, you know, layer stuff like that. Like I said, Bendis, I, I, I realized what was going on in Man of Steel story. Bendis was basically setting up the stories for both of his stories because, like, the Rogozar shit, that's the Superman shit. But the fire burning shit, that's the action comics shit. So he was basically writing two stories at the same time, but now in the solo stories, he's expanding on those stories and, you know, adding more to it. Like I said, I'm enjoying The reason I'm enjoying it because each story I'm reading from it is enjoyable. Uh, Bendis is playing with the tropes you expect to see in a Superman story and kind of making fun of it. You're like the 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 supervillain shooting bullets at him. Like I'm Superman, dude. Why are you bothering this? And it feels like the normal Superman tropes. You know, Bendis is kind of playing with them, ignoring them, and it feels like he's trying to get them out of the way so he can uh, finally establish a Superman that he wants to establish. So that's why we can't be too hard on him right now because we don't know where he's going with this right now. So I, everybody just calm down, leave Bendis alone. Let's just see where it goes. You know, overall, uh, solid entry. I get the book a four out of five. Like I said, we got we got to know where it's going. We don't know where it's going yet. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, back to Marvel with me, I guess, for my last book that I like. I'm I got a pile I didn't read yet. So. You Marvel Shield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So this is Immortal Hulk number three. And basically, this is like Rashomon. It's um, this reporter that um, that journalist from Number One, which is named Jackie McGee. She's investigating Bruce Banner, the return of Bruce Banner, and all that. Um, there was some incident that happened at this church where some uh, some gamma ray power like uh, like kid held the held the church hostage. And then, um, and then the Hulk came and, 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 and you know, fucked everything up. Um, and it's basically, she's going around interviewing all these witnesses. But each witness has their own version of the story. And every witness, they have a different artist drawing their version of the story. So they talk to the cop, and he's really no-nonsense about it. And the, the the art turns into like a, a Kirby Ditko classic, you know, comic book style, you know, with the bright covers and with the little newsprint dots you can see. So it looks all classic comic book style for the cop story. Then they talk to like this bartender who was like across the street and his his story, it's like very indie comic style, like kind of like Love and Rockets or, you know, some, you know. Art, art crumb type of artwork, you know what I mean? So it's his his story is very uh, like in indie style comics, and then he talks. She talks to this old lady, and she's uh thought that the the guy the the kid was all such a handsome young man, and and that art turns into like really slick, almost like Archie. Like it's it's very uh, like um 
very glossy, uh, 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 cartoony, looking like Jam in the Holograms or Dazzler or something. You know, so each basically every story, every witness has a different uh, version, and then they talk to the priest, and his version is all like dark. It looks like Constantine or some, you know, some horror comic. It's all dark and gritty and shit. Um, so it's like really cool how this comic book just sort of, uh, 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 like, again, I like when they push the boundaries of comic books and this, this, this issue did that. I mean, everybody's got a different version of the story, but basically Hulk comes and, um, and, and, you know, takes out that kid and, but what, what the kid was trying to do, he's like, he was basically, he stormed the church. He's got, basically what's been going on is some dude in some small town had gamma radiation and he infected the whole town. So there's people running around with like gamma powers. And this kid had gamma powers and he ran to the church and took them hostage and was basically begging the priest. He's like, you got to come help my girlfriend. She's possessed. You know, so they finally, you know, when the Hulk comes, fucks up the kid, but then they go back to the hotel room and she, they find the girl and she's all tied up and she's all green. Her neck's like twisted the other way. It's, it's really fucked up. (laughs) And again, that's what I like about this new, this, this, this run, this Hulk run is like, it's all, it's taking it back to the horror. Um, the monster, the the, the good old monster, uh, story. So yeah, I, I I thought this was awesome. I read it a couple times. Um, they tease the return of the Sasquatch at the end. Um, so I think we're gonna see the Hulk fight Sasquatch next issue. And yeah, there's this really cool part where uh, <clears throat> the Hulk's here. He, he's got the kid has these like gamma ray powers, and he like shoots gamma rays out of his eyes. And when the Hulk shows up, he shoots like this gamma beam right through the Hulk's chest. And you can see it through the Hulk's chest. And then the Hulk just stands there, and then it just seals right back up. <laughs> like, a, like a zombie movie or something. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty dope. Um, yeah, I, this is, I thought it was really brilliantly written. Like I said, I liked how they had different artists working for each witness's story. So um, it had some really funny moments, especially the old lady and the, and the bartender story. But then once the priest comes, he, you know, it just grounds it back into that horror realm. So yeah, I could fuck it. Five out of five. This was awesome. I'm really digging this run. Nice. This is like now, old, now I know old you old said it was a bunch of like different art style changes. Were there different artists on the book? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, da, 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 da. Where is it? Yeah. The framing sequence. Joe Bennett. Um, the cop story. Leonardo Romero. The bartender story. Paul Hornschmier. Can't. That's that's a mouthful. Um, the old lady story, Margaret Savage, and the priest story is Gary Brown. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they had different artists for different sequences. So, really cool. Like I said, it really pushes. I like it when they push the boundaries of, of comic art. And, uh, right. I either got to get caught up on it or I'll maybe wait for a trade away for comicsology. But, yeah, that first issue blew me away. So, I'm, I'm imagining those other stories are awesome. It, it felt like that, you know. Stan Lee and Kirby wanted to do a horror at first, but then when it kind of like they kept it like eventually just went to okay, we're just gonna do a monster of the week and he just fights monsters and hop from planet to planet instead of yeah. actually doing the horror route where they feel like because that's when horror comics were kind of on their way out and superhero comics starting to be the way in. So Hulk just kind of 
just kind of just merged in with whatever fit at the time. So, yeah. Joined the Avengers and became a good guy. Right. Yeah. And all that stuff like that. But still overall pretty good. Uh, shoot. Anything else we got? Uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm good too. Like I said, we ran through everything. Like I said, if you listen this long, definitely like, share, and subscribe. Uh, if you have any other questions, let us know. Listen to other podcasts we have. We have Geek Staffs, our sister podcast. We also have Comics, uh, Comic Cast, which if you, if we don't know shit about wrestling. Those guys will. So <laughs> they'll know who the Brown Bomber was or who was the guy again? Brown. Fuck, I forgot. Fuck. Oh, that guy. They'll Brick, know. Brickhouse Brown or whatever. That guy. Okay. <laughs> uh, rest in peace to him. Yeah. Uh, we also have Geek Valiant. Okay. I found out what Geek Valiant is. They have a YouTube channel now where they do live podcasts. They're still doing it. They put one up last week. Definitely follow them. Uh, Hoodoo TV is still going full strong. Uh, the Geeky Comics is still going strong. Ryan and AK David. And we may have some other ones, but I don't know about them. Uh, yeah, this is Instruments and Instruction, too. Uh, yeah. That being said, this is Leroy. This is Eli. And we will talk to you guys next week. Same bullet time, same bullet channel. Say, brand new, you're a fan.